Welcome back to New Mentality. This is Jay and Alex, where we discuss movies from genres where one or the other is a expert at and the other is a noob. <laughs> this week we're doing uh, Ad Astra, which is in the sci-fi genre, which is the particular... Uh, the particular... It is in Alex's realm? Yeah. It was going to be something fancier, but it didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. I'm sure the listener understands. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be fine. (laughs) Okay, so Ad Astra. I watched this movie last night. You watched this movie this morning. Yeah, after I came home Um, from work. Not a good combo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess we should open up with how we like the movie. Uh, um, J, J, J with a Y, J. That, that is, how did you like the movie? Um, it's it's very interesting. Uh, the thing is, uh, did you you watch that trailer link I sent you? I did. For those did. who haven't uh, heard much about the movie, uh, it didn't really hook me in from the first trailer, but the second trailer had a very interstellar esque vibe to it, and the trailer music they used was like amazing and instantly like made it to the top five of my like repeats on Spotify. Like it was good. So it had a very interstellar vibe. And I think that hooked a lot of people in, like even in the comments, somebody was like Brad Pitt saw interstellar and said, I want one. And I like chuckled and was like, haha, that's funny. not realizing that he was actually one of the producers on this movie. So like he literally probably was like, I want something that has that kind of aesthetic <laughs> vibe to it. But, uh, but yeah, you kind of went into it not knowing what to expect, but I was definitely uh, surprised. It definitely was a different kind of movie based on the trailer than I thought it would be. So I think I had different expectations. Okay, okay. So, uh, I mean, did you feel good about it at the end of it, or did you feel bad about I it? I felt at the end exactly. Of it? how I felt at the beginning of it as I did at the end of it. You know how people say like films help you think in like the themes of life and how you can relate in the takeaway. I felt exactly no more, no less than I was like, well, I was like, well, that was a movie it was basically, it was basically it wasn't bad. It was just like, well, that was a film and I watched it <laughs> I said, like that was not a that was not a horrible way to spend two hours of my life. It was just a way to spend two hours of my life. What say you? Did you did you happen to catch the trailer? No, you watched it yesterday, so you only saw this trailer uh, after. I saw the yeah. trailer after I watched the movie. Right, right. But what were you kind of surprised or jarred based on like the the kind of trailer feel compared to the actual the actual movie? Yes, there was movie? definitely a difference. Yeah, right, definitely. I was not pleased with this movie. Mm. I was not happy with this movie. Uh, this movie, this movie, this movie is pseudo intellectual garbage. That's what this movie is. <laughs> see, I don't like since it's like I love when I don't get to have like that strong of an opinion on it. And I'm just like, ah, uh, I mean, I like sci-fi, so I mean, it was. It was all- but the thing was, I mean, I guess we'll get into it, but it was almost like it wasn't even a sci-fi movie, in my opinion. <laughs> it wasn't. It was like a. It was, a, it was like, it was like a a poorly developed, like son who 
has an abusive father who we don't see for the entire movie, but is like dealing with it, but like isn't dealing with it. And then they just chuck that son in space. Yeah. And that's the movie. Honestly, like, I feel like this is a movie like where you you don't need to do the play by play. I think we should just do the big hits of what we thought, like the good and the bad, or if there was anything good. I'm not doing. And if anyone yeah. out there has seen yeah. it or plans to see it, you'll understand why this isn't like a this isn't like a go through Star Trek Nemesis and you can hit it by hit by hit. This is this is not that. This is a this is no, a no. this is a generality. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I refuse. <laughs> I I'm, I'm I'll quit. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So was there any like okay, at least a summary of like yeah a synopsis of well, what is yeah 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 really quick synopsis spoiler warning if you haven't seen it I am not recommending you see it but you maybe you want to see it anyways just to spite me so, in which case stop now and go watch it um. But, Jay might but, recommend but, you see it, but really, you don't really have to. You you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll you'll probably get more out of this than actually watching the real movie. What's the uh, general theme? I mean, not theme. The general synopsis of it. Man with daddy issues goes to space to find his dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that about sums it up. Uh, hey, did you happen to guess or? realize what uh year this takes place by chance because this is in the future i i did not happen to guess all i know i know at the beginning it says in the near future quote unquote mm. but like it's the near future yet somehow they have antimatter reactors so okay so uh my my version of the synopsis is uh a lifelong astronaut guy uh realize uh is a part of an accident where earth realizes there are lots of surges and the upper bigwig government and military people say that these surges are coming from a distant neptune planet which had to do with a project that his father was working on which he presumed was dead so he has to go and try to figure out what's going on right right and, and these these surges are like electrical surges so like when they pass through the solar system like everything electrical just like shuts down and blows up and stuff. Um, excuse the rain, listeners. I'm in Florida. Florida rains. I don't know if they can hear this, but if they can, it's raining. Yeah, Florida rain. That sucks for you. <laughs> I say, I say, Florida rain. That sucks for you, and then automatically it starts thundering over here. <laughs> I'll leave that where that is. Okay. So, uh, so, oh my God. Um. Did you want to? Did you want to just talk about some of the good, or did you want to just hit some of the plots? Because I feel like there's it's going to be mostly the disapproving stuff. Like, what were? Was there anything that was redeemable in your eyes overall? Was there anything that was redeemable in my eyes? The visuals were fantastic. Mm. Great visuals. Everything visual was great about this movie, it, wasn't it? The planets looked great. The uh, the like the rover floating down as it like fo- slowly falls into a crater that was great. Um, that's a, literally exactly what I was about to say. Uh, uh, I feel like Brad Pitt didn't have like a super lot to work with, but I think it was like it's. I think it's just when you've seen like a actor a lot, and it's like a role that's kind of reserved that you usually wouldn't see him in. Like he can be very bombastic and you know do a lot of crazy stuff to be this kind of like I don't even know if it's OCD, but this very you know controlled. Like I have a level head on my shoulders, but I can still get uh teary and like abuse and especially when you don't have like oh writing wise you don't you 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 don't got a lot to work with so (laughs) 
And the fact, so that, I think that was cool with him being literally mostly the only character, only they, even though they showcase like four actors in the trailer and in, like, in every scene in the trailer that showcased that actor was literally like their only scene. Okay. But that's bad. But yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, visuals. I love the visuals. I, like, I forgot how much I love space stuff. Like, I think I notch it down sometimes. I'm like, ah, oh, space exploration. There are Batman to look at, and then I'm like, oh, wow, this makes me actually want to go to space. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Until they mention the part where it takes him 79 days to get to Neptune from Mars. And it's like, ooh, eh, I mean, I'm, like, I like space, but am I in a rush? I think I made a note that I was like, Alex, ask Alex about this thing. Um, I think one of the only other good thing, like the soundtrack was give or take but there was like one section that i really liked i think it might have been the weird editing section where he's uh just on his own solo towards the end of the movie where it was like it was like really trippy not great editing but like the music behind it i was like wow they're trying to give me uh conflicting feelings and i like the the beginning the pacing was okay for me like the very get-go like the first couple of until he gets on the space station. I like the aesthetic of like, this is how it is. Yeah. Like the moon is like an airline basically. And he gets his little pillow and blanket pack for like an inflated $125. And I'm like, what year is this? What's going <laughs> on right now? Like all that. And it was like, I know when they, when they said that the thought in my head was, is it really that expensive or has the dollar lost that much value yeah. in the future? I don't, I don't know. And I don't know which one's worse to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, do you have any plans to go to the dark side of the moon? And he's like, oh, I mean, I guess, I guess not. I mean, I can't say either way. It's neither here nor there, but, uh, but yeah, I like that whole that whole vibe. It made like really tickle the part of my brain that was like dormanting my space exploration wants. So that was cool. And that is it for the yeah the, the good stuff. Okay, so what, what what bones do you have to pick? With? I think I have a couple of notes here that are just things that are like ask Alex. It's sciency. <laughs> this doesn't like <laughs> as a simple man. <laughs> this doesn't seem to make sense, but maybe I'm just dumb. But this does not seem realistic. <laughs> ask Alex Astor. Oh footnote. <laughs> okay, so what are some of your bones? Uh, I have a lot of notes here. This would probably equal like two pages of like Microsoft Word really? notes. Oh, dang. And it's literally just bones I'm picking. <laughs> nice. Every single note. I love it. Uh so I, I'll I'll skip like the the nitty-gritty for the sake of time. But like the writers of this movie think they're like geniuses. That like they're these like master mindful, like deep thoughted philosophers. And, like, every single word that Brad Pitt is saying in narration is, like, something that you get the vibe. Like, you're supposed to, like, take this to heart and, like, apply this to your life in some, like, deep, meaningful way. But, like, literally nothing he says means anything at all, ever. It's always, like, yeah, humans are bad, but they can be good uh, and stuff. Yeah. And, oh, monkeys. These monkeys are angry. I've seen anger. I've been angry before. <laughs> or, oh, Mars. Oh, I'm sorry, the moon. It's just like Earth. My father would be upset because it's just like Earth. And it's like, of course it's just like Earth. It's full of people. Yes. What did you expect it to be like? It was a desert rock before. Did you want it to stay a desert rock? I, 
Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. So basically throughout this whole entire film, he's narrating and it works in some places, but it usually doesn't work. And yeah, I have just basically the same sentiments where it's stuff that you can try to, it's a visual cue. You could have gotten there yourself, but they like bang it out to you anyways. And it's stuff that sounds like they have to like tell you every single little detail. It's like you're seeing like the video clips of like the father being mean to the son. Yeah. And yet, like, he still had to be like, my father was mean to me. It was very. And like, I think I boiled it down to like, if I like had to write it, I think in the notes, it's like things that would sound like they sound good in a trailer, <laughs> but but not like, it's like little <laughs> quotes that you can be like, ah, spaces of this and of that. And you're like, in a trailer, I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool, man. You got some like nice violins and Hans Zimmer-esque pseudo music coming behind you or something like that. But in the actual movie, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work to its benefit at all whatsoever. And that, and that was like an overlying thing of the entire thing. Oh man. And, uh, yeah, the pacing, like it was, it'd have like an action scene. And then in like, for me anyways, it would come to like a complete halt. And this is like, like, yeah, just come to honest, like, it's like, this is the, boom, yeah, explosion. And then like 20 minute conversation at a desk. Yeah. it like screeching halt. Like it was like whiplash jarring. Like at Astra, I was just the entire time. It's like, I was either like, this makes no sense. The narrating sucks, or I was looking at my phone. And the thing is, uh, I don't, I don't even know if this is a thing, but just personally, my whole idea behind this was that from that uh, second trailer, I had Interstellar vibes. So I was like, I wonder how this compares to Interstellar. And I don't know the runtime on Interstellar. All I know is it's over two hours, and I was so much more like wrapped up and attentive to that movie <laughs> than I was to <laughs> that I was to this movie. <laughs> like. And I was going to say, like, maybe I'll think of some questions for comparison. And it's almost like not even I mean, there's probably still stuff it's I might really want to mention. But, but yeah, overall, it's not even comparable. Like just because, like I said, I was going in thinking it was going to be something else. And these two could almost like arguably be different genres at that. So it's like not even. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the basically so find out uh, his father, they think the government bigwigs think that his father might still be alive, the military and the Space Foundation or whatever. So they're sending him to send a message because they think it might if he's still alive, it might sound better coming from his son. So to be able to do this, step one is he has to get to the moon and then he has to get to the Mars and then he has to give the transmission via Mars to him. Is this is that I felt like that that wasn't really necessary. Was that really like? Do you need to go to Mars just to get a transition, a transmission to Neptune? Like, is there anything behind this of credibility? The excuse they use is that the radio station underground in Mars is the only radio station left in existence mm. that wasn't destroyed by the surge. Okay. Why were there no like radios underground on Earth that's farther away from Mars? Oh. That's right. Somehow the surge gets stronger the farther away you get from Neptune. Huh. Because physics. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I have so many issues yeah. with this surge thing. Like, so so many issues. <laughs> uh, why Why is this surge a surge? I don't know. Yeah. No one's ever says why. Yeah. They just, like, explain to me how, like, a, a ship that was supposed to, like, go to look for aliens is capable of destroying all life in the solar system somehow it was basically like a- from an antenna like we find we get there and it's like a satellite dish that's like spitting out the surge and somehow that kills life 
all life in the solar system. It basically seemed like a plot just to get him to talk to to get the dad plot going. It might like it was like yeah, we'll put some stuff behind it. Uh, the moon stuff, yeah, that was the only pacing I liked. I liked the idea of uh, you know greedy companies trying to. Uh, yeah, that's the only other thing I like that I forgot to mention. Greedy companies. There was a scene where they're basically being pirated by miners on the moon, which I thought that was a cool concept. Yeah, it was yeah. very, you know, uh, what is it? You know, alien Wayne Tech, not Wayne Tech, Way Wayland, like Wayland Corporation type vibes of like, ha ha, we're gonna take your rover and this and that. And is there any technology that could keep a rover on on the on the ground? You know what I mean? Like, because basically, like, one little bump, and they would just, like, you'd go hurtling. Like, is there no way or technology, or at least in the future, like, theoretical, that could keep a rover from, like, even if they, like, flops into the air, they just thrusters that'll make it... Sh- I don't even know. I know we're going a little bit out of order here, but that actually, like, leads me to another issue I have with this movie. Which, yes, I agree. I think if we if you had, like, little thrust- thrusters that would, like, shoot down when you went up too high i could see that being a thing that could definitely work but like in the rover scene you definitely see how like moon gravity would affect stuff like you're hitting bumps and you're like flying up in the air you've like fly into a crater yet you like just lightly land like a soft little feather but for some reason in like the space airport station thing everyone's able to walk around like normal like there's just normal earth gravity in the airport because why how yeah I, I don't, I don't have know. they created have they created like uh artificial gravity yeah. in this quote-unquote yeah. near future um if so why don't any of the ships have it yeah. um <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I, just, I was like oh wow and then they had to the whole point was like he can't tell anywhere where he's going and he has to get to like the dark side of the moon was there anything in there that not to uh, like stick on the moon too long, but was there any reason why they had to rover to the dark side of the moon instead of just like flying to the dark dark side of the dark side of the moon? <laughs> <laughs> like, could you just like shuttle over to the dark? Like, why do you have to drive? And I, it was nice to see their little like highway marker looking sign on the moon. Like, that was visually cool. But like, like why can't you just like land instead of landing where you landed? Like why, why can't you land on a, on, the, on the different part of the moon? I guess <laughs> I don't know. I, I I guess he took like a commercial flight to the moon, but like yeah, I guess in theory he could have taken like a military ship and just gone straight to the station. That's the like, other. Does that mean that everyone at that like military station had the like rover there? Yeah, I don't even know. I didn't even think about that, but true. And even even then, like, why can't he take a shuttle from the moon station over to the military base? Yeah. Like, I think they were trying to, like, go for, like, they're, like, go commercial so you're inconspicuous. But I'm like, isn't this kind of, like, this is, like, antimatter and, like, life-threatening, like, electric- electricity falling down. Are you really going to be like, no, we, we have to be inconspicuous. Like, that's priority number one. <laughs> this, like, life-threatening, <laughs> earth-threatening thing. <laughs> make sure no one sees you just go commercial <laughs> go coach <laughs> get yourself a pillow and blanket and i'm like this is like this is, this is like life ending like we gotta send you all the way just to get a transmission and hopes it works and we're worried about like sending you commercial okay okay <laughs> one thing i did appreciate about him going to the moon is that that does fall in line with like how scientists believe that we'll be doing space travel in the future 
is that we'll be launching from the moon to other farther away places because there's less gravity, so it's cheaper. Just get everything you need to, to the moon, build everything from materials on the moon, and then just launch from there because then you don't have to fight Earth gravity and everything. So that that is one plus I'll give them. Like, it's interesting how, like, they try to be scientifically accurate on some things, and then they on other things they just, like, throw it out to the wind. Okay, so the next, the next, the next big chunk of the movie is Mars, but the only se- segue between that is he hops on with three other or four other astronauts that are gonna take him to Mars, and between there is the other is the one other thing I probably liked in the movie, which was them going to do the distress signal, and Brad Pitt obviously wants to go straight to Mars and get business done because he's already wasted time like with pirates and flying commercial but they're like this is a distress signal and we gotta answer it which leads to the monkey scene which that that was that was great i like that a lot like i didn't expect that in this movie i was like (laughs) this is 2020 or 2019 and whatnot like trailers are supposed to tell me everything i didn't see any monkeys in this trailer that that was cool (laughs) wasn't that i guess that was like a research uh tested monkey because it didn't even need like an astronaut suit or like what or Maybe it was just oxygenated, or I don't know. There was atmosphere okay. in, inside the ship. Okay. He was just—he just kept his suit on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But there was atmosphere inside the ship, and you know that because you remember he presses like after he locks the monkey in the other room, and he presses a few bu- buttons, and then the monkey explodes. Yeah, yeah. That's because he depressurized okay. the that compartment. Yeah, yeah. Which was another, which was one of the other things I really appreciated about the movie being or trying to be scientifically accurate was that. You know, usually in like sci-fi movies, like when someone goes out into space, they like freeze or something. But in reality, is if you were in a decomp- depressurized compartment, you would just yeah explode. All your guts would just come out your holes, yeah. and it would be really bad. <laughs> no um, fun at all. So like that was like, oh wow, they actually did that. They made a monkey explode. Uh, they gave artificial gravity in random places, and everyone could walk around like normal on the moon. But they made the monkey explode. So you know. Credit where it's due. Yeah, I guess. they like they, they, they like dusted off their hands. They're like, "Well, we did our part. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> We're out. This is all we got paid for." Okay, so on Mars is Mars is that's where it starts to slow down. That's a, just one of the other big points for me. It starts the pace starts to get slow. Mars is more or less majority of him just sending two messages to his dad and him losing his little theme of uh being like you know psychologically competent that has been going on throughout the movie and what was that based on it's like i guess it just like they just track your vitals with that thing that was in his neck and that was a kind of cool yeah, concept yeah. i think it was it was i i think from a writing standpoint it was a mistake mm. to make their main character the calmest most relaxed mm-hmm. most nonchalant person in the universe like yeah I mean, I, maybe they realized in retrospect and like it sounded like a good idea at the time mm-hmm. but like it kind of makes for a boring character like yeah. everything he does is so like this is fine yeah you know like my father might be alive this is fine yeah my father might have killed his entire crew this is fine i would say though by I, then he was like uh he was starting to unravel a bit as far as like Cause I thought there was going to be like a progression. Cause like, this is a guy who's like his intro scene is him like free falling and gaining control and parachuting down. And even though rocks are like destroying his parachute, he's calm and his heartbeat never goes over 80, uh, like in any situation. 
So for I was like, oh, this is going to be like a steady thing. But then like he starts hearing about his uh, father and you can see him get like glassy eyed and like twitchy. And they're like, your heart rate is gone up. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> like there wasn't even any like eventual. <laughs> he's just like, your heartbeat is gone up. And they're like, yeah, my heartbeat. What are you telling me? My dad is alive and like he might be a traitor and all this stuff. Like it was just very <laughs> I was like, oh, well, OK. He's like, he's like, yeah, man, get like I need to go. Like I can still do this mission. Get me out of here. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Captain. The rest of the guys he just saved from monkeys are walking past him. He's like, bro, I'm talking to you. Come back here. I was like, oh, okay. He just got way more normal. But yeah, overall, I, he at, was a very stoic. At one guy. point, you you meet the... um, I She's like the head head honcho lady on the Mars base. Yes, Ruth like, Ruth Nega is the actress. She's, she's amazing and wonderful. But continue. <laughs> and I also thought she would be in the movie like, for over... Oh, my... Oh, continue. I'll get to. They that do next. this over and over again. They do this at the beginning with like his wife, and then they do it again with um, what's his face? Uh, um, Donald Sutherland. Yeah, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland. I can speak English. Yeah. I swear, guys. <laughs> um, and then they do it again with this lady. And it's like they keep bringing these people that like they they focus the camera on them and they give them like these character moments. Yeah. And it's like finally another main character, yeah. someone other than Brad Pitt. I can hear talking to me. Yeah. And then they immediately dismiss them or mm-hmm. kill them off or don't even give any speaking rules. Well, yeah. that's not true. They gave they gave his wife yeah. some speaking rules, but it's like not real speaking rules. Yeah. And Donald Sutherland, yeah. like, I, first of all, I thought he was kind of like too old to go to space, but that's not the point. The point is in the trailer, like Donald Sutherland, his uh, Brad Pitt's wife in the movie, Liv Tyler and uh, Ruth Nega, the main uh, person in Mars. Those are like three big names and actors and actresses that I actually like. And I'm like, yes. And I'm seeing like the parallels of Interstellar. I'm like, okay, Donald Sutherland is like, this is their Michael Caine and Ruth Nega is maybe their Anne Hathaway. And uh, she's going to like uh-huh. be on the whole entire mission with him. And Liv Tyler is his like a uh, Matthew McConaughey cry scene in Interstellar where he's looking at the messages from his kids. No, they're like literally in the movie for like, oh, five seconds. And I was I was so like when I when, when Donald <laughs> Sutherland started to have the erratic heartbeat, I was like, no, you are not <laughs> like you are not taking this like acclaimed actor and you're about to be. He's like, oh, emergency surgery the rest of the journey is yours and i was just like ah okay i guess so like i like I'm li- i literally have goosebumps right now of annoyance like i was like oh okay so it's one of those it's one of those type movies where like every time you see the actor in the trailer that's the one scene they were in in the movie oh boy so there's this common theme throughout the movie it happens over and over and over again something interesting happens that should be important and then it's not important like space pirates attacking the main character like this is this should be like an overarching theme of some kind but instead it's just like one scene of space pirates one scene of space monkeys one scene of falling off an antenna one scene of like having to like swim through like an underwater tunnel to get to a spaceship like, there's all these scenes that, like, if they had anything to do with the main theme of the movie, would be great, but they're not. So they're just these, like, little isolated moments of good that pertain, like, have no significance to the movie at, at large. Like, you could literally cut any of those scenes, and the movie would still be exactly the same. 
like completely take the space pirates out and like it changes nothing about the plot at all was there anything behind that so like where we are in the track of the movie is he's given messages on mars but the upper government people that they're actually probably military but i keep on calling them government people have deemed that he's like too emotionally invested to continue but he still wants to continue uh so he sneaks on to the this water scene that you were talking about where it's like a race against the clock and ruth nega like her only scene is basically like your dad killed my parents who are also went on this same mission but now it's up to you to save the world. So he has this race against the clock uh, to get to the ship. Was there any significance or was that just like with the water? Because the first thing I thought it was like water on Mars. But like I didn't really care enough at that point to like know if I should be caring about this or thinking about this beyond. Is there water on Mars? Did they bring water on Mars? Like what is because Mars is like, you know, significantly the whole like we found water. We found these microbes or whatever. And at this point, I was like, oh, uh <laughs> special feature cgi room i mean mars or i don't know like i mean we we know that there's water on mars mm. but we don't know how much water mm. we have no idea if there's like underground reservoirs of water like that or if that water was put there for a reason by the humans we, mm-hmm. i don't know and they don't explain it either but like again that's kind of that's kind of like the issue i'm having it's like like He's swimming through water to get to a rocket. Like, why? Like, plot-wise, why? There are a lot of tidbits of ideas that, like, cool, but, like, they're never further pressed upon. And I'm just like, oh, that could have been... Yeah. That could have been cool to go somewhere. Oh, what what even mm-hmm. happens after Mars? Now he's just... He, uh... Oh. Before we even leave Mars. Before we even leave Mars. Let's say you're Brad Pitt here, and you're in a spacesuit, and you have to swim through water to get to a rocket. You're climbing up the rocket, and the rocket launches. Are you still alive at this point? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, like as far as shouldn't like, that have like knocked you yeah. off the rocket or like burned you to a crisp? But somehow, like the rocket is going off into space, and he still manages to get into yeah. the airlock. It was yeah, like after it's launched. Like the tra- what? Like the tracking and like the awareness of where you are in the scene for that was very confusing because I feel like I missed something or maybe I just like looked down on my phone. I don't know. But like he, from the water to the ladder to like in the spaceship. And I was like, wait, I missed something here because this doesn't seem likely <laughs> like this. This seems highly suspect. Like what's going on? He definitely opens that airlock after the ship has launched hmm. because re- the ship has launched and they're like. The, the airlock's open. What should we do? We can't back out now. We're already in the air. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, boy. Huh, yeah. Hmm. Brad Pitt should have died there. Yeah. There is no way anyone, like, and you know what's the crazier part is? 20 seconds later, one of the crew members die because the rocket speeds up. Mm. <laughs> what? You can't have Brad Pitt be perfectly fine when a rocket launches and then the other person die because they, like, like someone pressed on the gas a little bit like what the heck (laughs) honestly for like three seconds i thought she like busted her lip and i was like oh but i was like wait no that looks a little more serious and then the other two like what they suffocate or something so it's just brad pitt they suffocate from that gas that escapes or something yeah Yeah. i don't even know i don't even know and that's like that's this is like the majority of the movie is already done and we've basically (laughs) and we've basically gone nowhere plot wise and this last stretch is just him f- traveling to Neptune and like putting food tubes in him, right? And they have that weird editing scene and some dialogue. I mean, uh, you know, some narration and whatnot. And he's floating around with weird 
shadowy trend i mean <laughs> fading transitions and thinking about his wife and all this stuff was there supposed to be like some kind of religious theme or something like i feel like all these astronauts everyone is, believes in god in yeah like <laughs> i was like what's it like everyone like praying and like saint this and saint that and his dad being like i don't know it's maybe it's like some futuristic like melding world because he's like god wants me to find our alien brothers and sisters and i was like what <laughs> he's like i feel him out here even more than ever he's like that's the goal to find yeah. our alien brothers and sisters and his exaltation i was like everyone's too chill about it like, everyone's a little too chill about it like what's going on oh boy <laughs> but yeah literally that's like he's just it's just like a little self-reflective montage trip to neptune and then he's at and then he's at neptune uh oh okay question like overall this whole tracking of i have some uh you know thoughts about him going back but as far as like does this like work out time wise or was there technology like shouldn't this be taking way longer than it actually is to get to neptune or yeah did they have technology Definitely. that i just zoned out or what uh, i mean at our at our current technology it would take us five years just to get to mars because later they said it was like and mars Two billion miles, and Mars away. is much closer yeah. to us yeah. than Mars is from Neptune. Yeah, like to get to Neptune, you've got a, you've got a, what's the saying? My very, I don't know. Go through a lot of planets. <laughs> you got to go through a lot of planets. Yeah, there's a lot of planets. A- anyways, you've you've got to pass Jupiter. You've got to pass Saturn. Yeah, no, that that trip should have taken decades. But, you know, it's near future. So, I don't know. I, I wish they'd just given a year. Because yeah. near fu- that's not the near future. We don't have anti- antimatter reactors in the near future. Yeah. Like, I'm just... We have antimatter reactors in, like, the 23rd century, maybe. Oh, wow. I was going to be like, maybe it's, like, 21, 21, 32 or something. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, yeah. It's, yeah. I was like, this because later in the movie, when I especially perked up when they were, like, uh... It's like two something billion miles away to get back. And I'm like, wait, wait, should he be like, wait, 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 what? Like that woke me up. I was like, something's not right here. Okay. But yeah. Okay. So he gets to Neptune. He gets to like the other satellite distressness. And the big reveal is drum roll, Alex. His dad's crazy and he killed everyone. But we already knew that. What even is the big reveal here? Oh, I guess that the dad didn't do it on purpose. And he's like trying to fix it, quote unquote. Yeah. Like, that's not much of a reveal, yeah, though. True. I think this movie would have been a lot more interesting if his dad was actually evil and trying to kill us all. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there another big reveal? Did I just forget something? No, I, that's all I was going to say. I was thinking, like, maybe on the off chance it was like, okay, maybe he's, like, actually dead somehow. And, like, this is, you know, just messages oh, yeah. from the mutiny of the past or something like that. But, nope, his dad's, like, literally just there chilling, just being super old now and being like, uh, the writers are like, Hey, hey, bro, Scott, give me something good. How about the line, I don't care about you or your mother. I love being out here. They're like, yeah, Scott, the writer, Scott, the screenwriter. We love you, man. This is perfect. It's so deep, man. I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) And that was another one of like the more stoic Brad Pitt where he takes it like way too well. He was like, let's go home, father. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Leave him right now. Yeah. Plant your nuclear whatever and dip. Yeah, like he tried to get his father to come back, and then his father's like, "Let me go." Like going along with it, but then asked, like they're leaving the station, and they're like, 
astronaut suits. Mm-hmm. The father just like goes like like mental kazoo, <laughs> yeah. like trice. Yeah, and he's just like starts like jetpacking off into space, yeah. and they're tethered together too. So Brad Pitt's like ah, yeah. and getting dragged along with them. And the father's like, let me go, let me go, as he's also killing his son. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I guess. And then... Yeah, I don't even know how I was supposed to feel. I was scared for a moment. I was like, wait, has he just gone crazy now? He's trying to murder them both? And then he's like, no, just let me go. Let me go off. And so he eventually unheathers him, and like he just has an unceremonious, like, I mean, unceremonious, like, just dip out of, like, I mean, we didn't really care about you anyway, like. I'm a, I don't want to discredit anybody's acting in this movie, but it's just like, I mean, because like with what they were given, we don't care I think about any of the characters. Yeah, it's not even that. It's that it was. Yeah, it's it's such a small amount of time. It's almost like I want to be like, what was your motivation beyond a paycheck? If you're if you're only in there for like two minutes, like literally, like yeah, you know, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, he's not doing much these days. They're just like, hey, you want to come be Brad Pitt's dad in this movie? Like, it's mostly just you on an audio talking about mutiny, like. Like, what's the appeal to... And you get to see the script, I'm assuming. Mostly, obviously, you get to see the script or what pertains yeah. to you. And you're like, this is this is a single sheet of paper. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, that's your script. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> like, but there's no backside. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Isn't it great? <laughs> this is like, easy, easy buddy, easy buddy. I'm like, oh, oh I, I guess, okay. I, I, I can always do with a couple more <laughs> greenbacks in my wallet. <laughs> oh, boy. So... Yeah, father leaves and like floats off and dies, or something, and then okay, like, and then we get Brad to... Pitt does this thing where he like jetpacks back to his ship through like the vastness of space randomly, and I remember I remember thinking this the first time he did it. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, when they answered the distress call and they just like jetpacked to the other ship. Mm-hmm. That the, that was sending off the distress signal. I was like, "There's no way an astronaut in real life would just jetpack through open space like mm-hmm. that. Like they would get as close as possible and like tether themselves to their ship and then like te- you know yeah. like no one wants to die because their jetpack malfunctioned <laughs> and it sent them spiraling <laughs> yeah. off into the emptiness of space. Like hey, anyway, it's the near future. He does man. that. The jetpacks never malfunction ever. <laughs> <laughs> That was like the first thing they fixed. But yeah, this was basically my big uh, Ask Alex scene because he takes like this propeller shield from the satellite and just jetpacks across the rings. And I was like, like ah. perfect, cal- perfectly calculates like when he should let go of the mm. little spinning yeah. antenna yeah. that like sends him flying off. And like, he just like jetpacks through Neptune's rings yeah, without getting like bludgeoned to death by the rings. Um, which I mean, it, it was smart for him to hold like that little metal shield thing, I guess. But like, those rocks should have stopped yeah. his movement. Like they should have slowed him down, and he should have died in those rings. But I guess not. He didn't because he has to Pitt. detonate the nuclear charge and then ride the blast back to Earth. Which is I yeah. I, I wanted to make an assumption, but Alex, is this possible <laughs> in any way to get <laughs> two point eight or whatever billion miles back to Earth? on a single blast from a nuclear whatever missile or whatever it was perfectly and then land so amazingly and chilly i no <laughs> yeah no and how <laughs> long would that take because all he would have well, he was sporting a beard at the end of it and that was it so here's the thing he should have never made it to neptune first <laughs> off like if we're being honest here like it should have taken him 
if it's as near like it says near future so i'm thinking like in my mind when i read near future i was like 10 years to 50 years in the future mm. you know near future we're currently it takes us five years just to get to mars and mars is like nowhere near halfway between earth and neptune so it's gonna take like 20 years to get to neptune mm. right i i'm just guessing here yeah. I, I don't know the numbers but and let's say that you know we discover a way to go twice as fast that's 10 years and like who flies to neptune and doesn't have enough fuel to come home first off <laughs> second off you just blew up an antimatter reactor like your ship should be yeah, smithereens yeah like your ship wouldn't have even survived a nuclear bat blast forget antimatter re- like like currently our understanding of how the universe works like antimatter would cause the largest explosion of anything we have ever. Mm. Like, he should be dead. Yeah. He should be very yeah. dead at many points. But no, somehow the ship just like perfectly rides the wave and it's just like a perfect trajectory to Earth and he doesn't get blown to smithereens and he just makes it, has enough food, has enough water and it's boarding a, a beard. Yeah, and, and it's a, <laughs> he lands and and, it's all and he's a hero i guess they give him like a hand they don't like arrest him on site so yeah oh uh, yeah yeah and he did he was responsible for like killing three astronauts and uh yeah uh, stealing a spaceship yeah <laughs> literally yeah i don't know it was like <laughs> it was so easily resolved he's like i had to do it but like uh the log will show that like i didn't do it with ill intent so it's all good and then that's it. Yeah. yeah. And, but I, I think, I th- honestly, I think it was like, since he was still dedicated to like blowing up his dad, he had to like this whole ominous, like space com corporation. Like they were really chill. Like their whole thing was like, kill that guy. No matter what, he's emotionally invested to his dad, kill him now. And he's like, uh, well they actually died and I'm still dedicated to the mission and I'm going to blow it up. And space com was probably like, Oh, Oh, okay. Chill. <laughs> like <laughs> that's all we needed to hear. We thought you were going to like go to try to save or start working with them or something. It is still going to blow it up. We're all good. Three astronaut lives is no problem. One of them was a wimp in any way that wouldn't go look at that distress signal. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the ending? There's narration and it all ties up with him having like a reconnecting moment with his wife that I feel we're supposed to feel, but I didn't really feel anything just because it was such a small. Sub-block. I don't care about Brad Pitt's mm. character. Mm-hmm. Whatever his, I don't even know his name. Roy. Yeah, Roy? yeah, Roy McBride. I don't care about Roy. I don't care about his wife. I. Uh, it was. Why does his wife care about him now? I don't understand. Like, she, he didn't even tell her he was leaving. Yeah, like. Uh, like but yeah, like, what are you happy from him being back from? <laughs> like, you don't know anything about. Yeah. That. I don't know. It's just very, you know, shallow, dimensional character. Like, I think she's just like, oh, my husband's going to pay attention to me now. So, I mean, I guess that's happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I I usually like, I used like not to get very political with this, but like this was very much a case of just like holding the like the wife as a prize at the end of the movie. Yeah. And like, that's literally all she was yeah. for this movie at all. Like. Uh, yeah. You don't care about her for any reason other than the fact that Brad Pitt maybe loves her. Yeah. We don't even yeah. know. Like his heart rate never goes above forty. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that he feels anything. Exactly. <laughs> uh, anyways, how would you rate the movie? 
Ooh, rate it. I should have asked you this before I before I influenced you. Nah, I mean, this is one of the ones it's hard to rate just because <laughs> I have such a neutral. I don't know. I'd give it like like a five, four or five. I don't know. I really like the visual stuff. This is one of those situations where I'm not as invested in the sci-fi as much, so like I can like kind of lean back and be like it was a movie and even then though usually it's i like that's the thing though sometimes things are hilariously bad sometimes they're good sometimes it's like nemesis where like i really hate it and you can at least uh take that like these are characters you've known and loved and seen more episodes of the show than me and stuff but like this was so just very down the middle of like like not a lasting effect on your brain nothing makes you think about it after it's like very like I don't. You, you almost just want to watch a bad movie instead, because at least you know, like, wow, this is a bad movie. This is a good movie. This is a horrible. Like, all I can say is, like, I mean, I can, you know, nitpick over the sci-fi stuff, but like, other than that, it's just like, it's not even like I'm not gonna be like, ah, horrible. Like, it's just like the most. I'm gonna give this movie until further notice the award of like the most shoulder shrug movie that we've done so far. Ad Astro <laughs> holds the award for shoulder shrugging, the shoulder shrug movie. Where it's like, eh, eh. Watch it if you want to, but yeah. you really, you're, you're so fine not watching it. I, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, if, like, rating it, just like, for quality of film, I'd probably give it like a five as well. Yeah. Writing was pretty crappy. Yeah, yeah. The writing the, the was writing, actually quite terrible. The writing is like drag like because uh, I really love these like visuals and aesthetics so much, but it's like that's all you got going for you. Yeah. Now if I were to rate it for like expectation versus reality, Ooh. it's like a two. Yeah. It's like a one <laughs> or a two for me. Like, yeah, yeah, you can hear it in my voice. I was like, expectation to reality. Ooh. I got words on that. <laughs> it's like a one point five. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh and I think there were some scenes like, like even with like me liking the aesthetic and being like, okay, well this is at least visually pleasing, there were even still a couple of scenes that seemed like they didn't go anywhere. Like there was a point where Ruth and Ega like just turned around and started walking back and I thought that was gonna lead to something, but it was literally just like used in a shot from a trailer. And like she just turns yeah. around and start walking back and then you cut back to Brad Pitt in the sound room. I'm like <laughs> Like, it's the little things. (laughs) Like, here's the thing. They had the potential for this to be a really good movie. Mm -hmm. Like, if they would have used, like, the Space Pirates thing, right? Which is something that they established in this world and just kept it overarching throughout the movie. Yeah. Like, that adds so much tension to the movie. Yeah. If they would have kept, like, the the mad scientist experiments going on with, like, monkeys and stuff and found a way to overarc that throughout, that would have been good, too. Mm Mm-hmm. If they would have just kept any of the characters that they introduced into the movie and give some given someone for Brad Pitt to like bounce off of, yeah, the movie would have been so much better for it. But instead, we're stuck with the voice of one person throughout the entire movie spitting out pseudo intellectual crap and just going from like, like, you know what this felt like to me? You you know how you have like serialized television right or like one episode leads to the next leads to the next and then you have stuff like i don't know like primeval where it's just like 
they go and they like kill one dinosaur and then the next episode is oh no there's another dinosaur we have to save today again and then they you know like that over and over this movie felt like it was just like a few episodes of a tv show that didn't have anything to do with each other yeah and then the season finale is oh he meets his dad yeah. yay but like if they would have made any of those overarching themes i think this movie could have been good like actually good yeah I would add on to that an overarching theme followed by like some big twist at the end. Like, because overall, like his yeah. dad, like he literally, like you didn't see any, like the fruits of his labor type, like what he's been working. I mean, it's literally, yeah. it's just like, they promise us aliens the entire yeah, movie yeah. <laughs> and they don't give us a single alien. Like what not the a heck? hint at anything. It's just like a little bit. Well, this shows us that we really have to rely on each other. I, I did a quote. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but yeah like in this room in this area in this uh scene it's like set up it's just like this small cramped area and they talk and like you never you don't really get an awareness of like what's going on like the kind of atmosphere he's living in he's like i've been working i've been researching don't really like you and your mom all right <laughs> what's next and i'm like oh that's that's like that's your like grand finale and i was like oh <laughs> okay <laughs> i guess i'll go back to sleep then <sighs> <laughs> but yeah so that's that's uh, that's ad astra that's man that is ad astra that actually made yep. me my eyes droopier just talking about it <laughs> that might be a first shoulder shrug award yeah 2020 woo <laughs> yeah. yep 2020 uh, <laughs> i guess 2019 shoulder shrug yeah, award. yeah yeah i don't know recorded during horrible pandemics but a movie from last year that we never got around to <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any comments, hit us up on a Reddit thing that Alex will link in places. Hit us up in a YouTube <laughs> comment that Alex will link places for channels and subreddits <laughs> and all such things. Stay safe. If you're looking at this from the future and there's uh, no more COVID, uh, congratulations. Do pillows and blankets cost $125? Is Brad Pitt going to Neptune? <laughs> you, you tell me. Are you doing this for a project about like twenty first century podcasts? Well, I don't. I don't know. It's it's whatever. But yeah, you did it. You made it. Congratulations. I'm, I'm still quarantined, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going crazy at all. You just do a log at the end of every podcast. It's like day 162 of quarantine. I'm so fine. It's so great. You know, they should really do a My Little Ponies Marvel DC crossover or something. Yeah, eye twitching. Star date 717 uh, 2020. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's a wrap.